God, we thank you, God, that you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We thank you, God, that our blessings, Father God, don't add no sorrow to it, God. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it, God. So we thank you that we are blessed, God, on today. We thank you, Father God, that we are healed on today because you are our healer. We thank you that you are, we are delivered because you are our deliverer, God. We thank you, Father God, that we have everything that we need in Christ Jesus, and we receive that right now in Jesus' name. God, I bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy was sent out against us today, against our minds, against our bodies, against our wills in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth to teach your people, God, you speak for me, you speak through me. For it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, God, because I have been crucified with Christ. And God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for your angels right now in Jesus' name. Because you said no evil shall befall us and neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over us on today in Jesus' name. So we thank you, we praise you, we honor you in this place in Jesus' name. We have been talking about... um, I'm going to go a little bit further because we've been talking about the Great Commission, but God has changed it up on this Sunday. And I know when God changed something up, there's a reason for everything. And we're going to go back to the Great Commission, but I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Go with me to First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and let's hear what God has to say unto his people. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and I'm begin at verse 16, and I'm end at verse 18. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 16, ending at verse 18. We thank God for the reading of his word. Amen. When we all get there, let us say amen. Now, amen means it is so. So if you're not there, don't say amen. Amen. The word of God reads, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let me say it again. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You may be seated. I want to talk about rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. Rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. I don't know about you, but I believe sometimes we get in the selfish mode. And what I mean the selfish mode is because we always want something from God. But we don't want to rejoice, we don't want to pray, and we don't want to give thanks. We always want something not only from God, but from other people. But we don't have rejoicing, we don't have praying, and we don't have giving thanks nowhere around us. How do I know? Because the more we get, the selfish we get. And the more we think we need to have. And we forget about where we were and where God brought us from. See, there's one thing in giving God um, thanks, you know, because you know where he brought you from. But if you keep getting higher and higher and you're forgetting about him and forgetting about that it was him that got you where you are, then there's a problem. So when the Lord gave me this, my heart was so grieved because 
I don't know about you, but I believe everybody in this place have went through something or are going through something right now. But even in your going through, this is what God is saying. He said, I want you to rejoice evermore. That means I want you to always rejoice. Rejoice means to be glad. So when you look at that verse of scripture, you say, wait a minute, God, you want me to be glad in this? You want me to be glad because I'm going through in my body. You want me to be glad, God, because my husband left me, my wife left me. You want me to be glad because my children are being disobedient. You want me to be glad because, God, I didn't get promoted. You want me to be glad because everybody's talking about me. Everybody's hating on me. God, you want me to rejoice. That can't be God. Come on, somebody. God, you want me to be glad in that? There's got to be something wrong if you're telling me to rejoice evermore. God tell us these things because he knows that when you begin to rejoice, one reason why you do rejoice is because you trust God. Let's let's go there. See, I can rejoice in my troubled times. I can rejoice when I'm persecuted. I can rejoice when I'm talked about. Why? Because I trust God and not man. Come on, saints. I'm talking to the saints. Regardless of what my situation is, God is telling me to rejoice. And if he's telling me to rejoice, it's because God said, I got a plan. I got a way of escape. So I want you to rejoice even before you see. Y'all better come on now. I want you to rejoice even before you see what's going to take place. If you trust me. You can rejoice and you can be glad when your house is tore up. You can be glad when they don't want to give you a raise. You can be glad when your body is aching in pain. You can be glad when you get bad news because you trust me. He said, that's why you can rejoice. But how can you trust a God that you don't know? See, it's more than just being born again. Come on, we call people up to the altar. Or we go out and we, we say, you know, I, I want a, a person over to Jesus Christ. That's all well and good. Now, I bind a fence right now in the name of Jesus. That's all well and good. But if they are not discipled. See, when you go out and, and you, you know, tell them about Jesus. See, we don't want to make converts. We want to make disciples. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. So when you disciple them the way Jesus did, they can rejoice and they can be glad in the midst of what they're going through. But if you just making converts, they just saying, I'm missing hell. I want to do more y'all than miss hell. I want to live here on earth like it is in heaven. I want his kingdom to be here on earth like it is in heaven. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's saying, rejoice, rejoice forevermore. And if he's telling us to do that, he's telling us because he know where we are in him. He's telling us to rejoice. And the word of God lets us know that when we rejoice, it's because we trust him. You can check that out in Psalms 511. It says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. See, I can rejoice because I trust in him with all my heart. I lean not to my own understanding, 
But I acknowledge him in all my ways. And knowing that he's going to direct my path, no matter how it look or no matter how I feel, I'm going to rejoice because I know what God has said outside of what I see or outside of how I feel. So he said, rejoice. We got to be glad in it. We got to rejoice. And then he said, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. So you know, because you're trusted in him, that you're what? That you're blessed. And then the scripture goes on to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How many have woke up in the morning and saying, this is just not a good day. And we're not rejoicing. It's going to be just like it was yesterday. It's just not good. I can tell how I woke up. That's because it's how you lay down. You lay down in misery, you getting up in misery. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Always tell the Lord, I say, you know what? Today is going to be better than it was yesterday. So I can rejoice because I know you got a plan for me today. But we get up with attitudes. Because we go to bed with attitudes. But let somebody hit a number. They're rejoicing laying down, they're rejoicing getting up. Because they know I got some money. But if you lay down with no money, you're going to wake up acting a little funny. Come on, somebody. This is what we do. We base our rejoicing on what we have. I remember I told someone, it was years ago, they, they were in the family, and I looked at them. I said, you look sick, but I know you're not sick. I believe you broke. They said, girl, you hit the nail right on the head. I ain't got a dime in my pocket. You got something you want to give me. They couldn't rejoice. But when they get money, they light up like a Christmas tree. Like it's Christmas every day. Why do we do that? Because money is our God. Money is not the problem. It's the love of money. The love of money is what's the root of all evil. And our problem is we have put so much faith in money when we don't have what we think we need. We get attitudes. We get angry. When we can't be like the Joneses, we get angry. When the Joneses get a car, we can't rejoice with them when they've been walking for years and you got three cars in your yard. Come on, somebody. That's not God. We get mad because somebody is waiting on the Lord. So they come out with a Bentley and here you are with a Cadillac. Now you mad, but they waited on the Lord. Rejoice with them and be glad. When you were getting, they were riding the bus. When you were getting, they were in a cab. When you were getting sometime, they were walking trying to get a ride. Now, being that they waited on the Lord, you see in his glory, but you got an attitude. Come on, you need to be rejoicing. So he said rejoice. So when we go into the word of God, we want to understand what the word of God is saying. We want to take the word of God in. We want to study the word of God. We want to meditate on the word of God until it becomes life in us. I just don't want to give you the word of God if I don't know what it's saying to me. Because see, as many times I had to rejoice. Even when I do do anything, I still had to rejoice. Even when people talked about me, I still rejoice. Even when people were haters, I still rejoice. Even when my body feel like it wasn't going to make it, I still rejoice. Why? Because I had to trust him outside of how I felt. See, we got to get to a place with God that we can rejoice. 
And the only way, way we can get there is trusting him. We say we trust him. Many times I have said, oh, I trust you, God. But the more I grew in the Lord, the more I could trust him. The more I spend time with him, the more I could trust him. See, when you just get saved and that's it, then you're not going to see what I see. And you're not going to see what other people see. Because you just got saved. See, when you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you want to get to know him. And so when you get to know him, you want to be about him. Some of us say we know him, but we're not being about him. That's why we can't rejoice, not only for us, but for others. We be giving God glory because we know their story. People see the glory, but they don't know the story. But when you know what's behind what people doing or what people has gotten, you can rejoice with them and be exceedingly glad. Come on, are you exceedingly glad on this morning? Or you feel like you're missing something in your life and you can't be exceedingly glad. See, through everything you're going through, when you can raise your hand and you can rejoice, and again I say rejoice, you know that something has happened in that person's life. But if you see a person with a sour face, have anybody ever seen somebody with a sour face? That face is tore up like, don't, and you, you say, don't say nothing to them. Don't, don't even look at them. Don't even look at them. Their face is tore up. Don't say nothing. They only want you to, re- I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. That's not rejoicing. So the first thing is to rejoice. We rejoice because we trust him. And the Bible said, blessed are those who trust the Lord. Then there's a verse of scripture. I like this one, y'all, in Philippians. Now, this is what Paul was saying in Philippians. Expanded Bible say, be full of joy. That means rejoice. In the Lord always. And I will say again, be full of joy, rejoice. Why did he have to repeat that twice? Now, understand that we have joy in us. It's a fruit. We have it in us. So God know that we can rejoice because he gave it to us. But it's up to us to go outside of us. But how many know we can be so stubborn? Even in praise and worship, when everybody's doing their thing and they're waving their hands and, you know, they blessing the Lord and somebody sit over there, don't hit me, don't touch me, and don't breathe on me. So you so caught up in what's going on around you that you don't want to rejoice, that you don't want to bless the Lord. So he's saying, be full of joy, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. He said it twice. So there must be something that happens when we rejoice. Y'all, there's something that happens when we begin to rejoice in the Lord. He said in the Lord, not in us. Rejoice in the Lord always. How can I rejoice in the Lord? Because when I think about what he's done for me, I don't know what he done for you. But I know what he done for me, for real, y'all. I know what he bought me from. So when I can think about what he done done for me, I can get over what's happening now. And I can begin to rejoice because I can say, God, I remember when I was over here and you bought me here. I remember when I was here and you bought me there. And you keep elevating me, God, because God is you and not me. It ain't no good, y'all, that I have done. It's what God has done for me. So I'm going to rejoice in you. 
And I'm going to be glad outside of how I feel. Because God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be where I am. So people can hate. People can talk. They can do all they want. But I'm going to rejoice. Come on, we got to spend our time rejoicing in the Lord. We got to take our mind off of people because the enemy wants you to keep your mind on your hurt. He wants you to keep your mind on you left out or you lonely or nobody don't want to be with you. But you need to put your mind up things above. You need to set it on things above and say, God, I'm going to rejoice in spite of how. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. And I believe Paul knew what he was talking about. Because Paul went through some things and he still had to rejoice. Because he was putting his trust in the Lord and he knew, I'm blessed because I'm trusting in you. So I can rejoice. Even though people look at me like I got the beat down. Even though I was left for dead, I'm going to rise up. So I am going to rejoice in this thing. So he's saying, rejoice. Y'all look at that one verse. Rejoice evermore. You see why you don't move from something that God is showing you? And I'm going to be real with y'all. I want to leave verse 16. I left it. And I went to verse 18. And every time I went to 18, I was back to verse 16. I said, wait a minute, God, I need, this is no lie, and my husband is a witness. They left me in the house Saturday, that morning, from the time I got up, 10 o'clock, to the time I went to bed, 12 midnight, and God said, I want you to go back to that. See what I'm saying? I'm like, God, I want to go there. I want to go here. It's so much that can be said in 18. He said, I don't want you to go to 18 until you finish with 16. See, you got to hear God, so I'm fighting, y'all. I'm fighting with God. Finally, I said, okay. 12 o'clock midnight. And you know what's so funny? You know what God said? Now you can go to bed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Let's talk about this verse. (laughs) He's so funny. He said, trust me. Oh, wow, y'all. Isn't God good? He said, trust me. I said, okay, I'm going to trust you. So that verse 16, all of this trusting God, because I'm going to tell you something, y'all, when you don't listen to God, you coming in flesh, you coming on your own. But when you take heed to him, when you open your mouth, God is constantly feeding you. Why? Because he is my shepherd and I shall not lack. I shall not want, not even in one area. Because God feeds me and he feeds me well. Why? Because I take the time to listen even outside of my rebellion. I'll say, yes, Lord, I hear you. Now that you're hearing me, go to bed. Oh, Lord, God, I ain't really dove into that yet. Let me dive into it. He said, what's in you? It's going to come out of you. Trust me. So, see, we have to trust God instead of trusting ourselves. See, I don't have no notes up here where I can say, wait a minute. Nah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And God, huh, yes, he said, huh, won't he do it? Huh, hold up a minute. Huh, that's God. Wait, 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 wait. I don't have that up here. 
I have nothing but scripture. And the iPad only have where I'm breaking it down in another Bible. Because I got to trust him. See, when you trust him, you ain't waiting on putting a pause there or period there to stir up the people. Because, see, when you where you need to be in the Lord, even you guys, when the word of God is being spoken, it's a quickening in you. There's life coming from you. That's the spirit of the living God that's already in you, that's bringing life to you and letting you know I'm speaking to you. I'm telling you to rejoice forevermore. Always rejoice in the Lord. Then he got to the part about praying without ceasing. Who in the world can keep praying without ceasing? Because prayer is just communication with God. Everywhere you go, you can talk with God. You can walk with God. You can have conversations all day long with God. So praying without ceasing means that you're communing with God. You're communicating with God. You're saying, God, what would you have for me to do today? God, how would you have for me to do it? Your servant is listening. The more you get familiar with his voice, you know who's speaking. He said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they will not hear, nor will they follow. I don't know you, so I don't follow you. Why are we following false doctrine? Because we don't know his voice. We haven't taken the time out to commune with him. To communicate with him. Just like Samuel. He was raised up with Eli as the priest. A priest, a prophet. But guess what? The word of God was not known to Samuel. So the only voice he recognized was Eli's voice. And so when he heard God speak and say, Samuel, he ran to Eli. And he said, you call Eli? Say, I didn't. Go lay down. Second time. Eli said, go lay down. The third time. He said, when you hear him call, say, yes, Lord. I hear you. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. See, you got to become so familiar with his voice. This You don't miss it. You can say, no, that's not God. That's not the God that I serve. So I'm not going that way because that's not God. But if you don't spend time with God, you accept anything and anybody just because somebody is giving you the word don't mean it's coming from God because there's something in there that's a lie. But when you spend time with God, and the Bible says that Samuel, not a word that Samuel spoke, fell to the ground because he knew God. And he knew what God was giving him was coming from God. So every time Samuel spoke, people listened. When they saw Samuel coming, people were hiding. So if people see you coming, and they're hiding and don't want you to be there, they know you're bringing a word from the Lord. But let me say something. Sometimes people see you coming, they got a right to hide. Because you're coming to beat them up with the word. God, don't do that. God come in love. Some people come in pride and want people to know, I know the word. I know what the words say. Yeah, you need to hide from those people because they're bringing pride in your house. So there is a difference. But Samuel knew God. He had a relationship with God. Come on, look at all the prophets in the Bible. Elijah had a relationship with God. That when God spoke, he only spoke what God spoke. Even Jesus, he was so much in a relationship with the Father. He said, I only speak what God speak. I only see and do what God see and do. He said, I don't go outside of the Father. So the more you commune with him. The more you spend time with him, God will give you things that's beyond 
natural. God will give you supernatural. This is why Jeremiah said that if I call upon him, he said, call upon me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. That's why we call on him. Because we need to know about the supernatural. We are natural beings, but we're from supernatural. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your spirit is the real you. That's the part of you you can't see. That's the part of you that has everything that you need from God. That's the part of you that got born again. That's the part of you that is joined unto the Lord. That's the part of you that's sealed until the day of redemption. That's the part of you as he is, so are you. As he is, so are you in this world. That's the part of you with everything. The enemy, no, I can't touch your spirit. But I can come in at your soul all day long. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, I can tear them up all day long. Why? Because if you so conform to this world and not being transformed by the renewing of your mind, proving the good and acceptable will of God through the word of God, he said, you're going to miss what the spirit has. God said, I want your soul to connect with your spirit. When it connect, there'll be a flow to your body and you will be living the life that God wants you to live according to him and not according to this world. Body only reacts by what is fed. For as a man thinketh, So is he, but you thinking it in your heart, so is he, so does he become. The enemy knows this. He said, that's why people are not rejoicing. That's why people are not communing with God because their focus is on see me, hear me, be attached to me. Your focus is on what the world is doing. You took focus off of what God has already done. And when you go in communication with him, see, even in his word, when you're reading the word, you're communing with him because that's his word. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life, but they're only spirit and life to those that find them. They're only going to bring help to those that find them. That's why you got to pay attention to his word. That's why you got to incline your ear to his saying. That's why you got to keep that word focused in your life life incline your ears you got to let it get in your heart that's when it's life but we don't want to pay attention he said my son pay attention to my words but we don't take the time to open the word we're trying to be about something we don't know nothing about we're going on hearsay she say we're going on what everybody else is saying but is that really what god is saying You won't know until that word is illuminated, until you get revelation from the word. That's why the church is divided. We're the church. This is a building. We're divided because some has gotten illumination and revelation. And when they're bringing it out, the devil get mad and use the ones that's being slackers. The ones that are not taking the word for what it is. And we become divided. God said a divided house. Will not stand. You got people in the last days. I'm getting to being thankful, but I'm going to stay here on prayer because I'm going to tell you that's why he say pray without ceasing. You can pray out in, in, in English, but then there's a prayer that comes through the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Some people say it went out with the apostles. No, it didn't because it's still in the word. 
Because it's still talking about how when you pray in your heavenly language, it's building you up in your most holy faith. That means when I can't rejoice, I begin to pray in my heavenly language, building myself up in my most holy faith. And then I begin to come out and be glad because I got built up in my heavenly language. See, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Don't let people fool you. Because if I didn't have it and I didn't build myself up, I wouldn't have been pastoring this long for 21 years. It has to be God. I know it's not me because you run into some things that you feel like you want to throw in the towel. I done threw in so many towels, I don't even know what colors they are. So many things go on in the midst of the church that some of y'all don't know. Some people want a pastor. Some people want a title. But when you really deny yourself, when you really give up you for him, for the kingdom, it ain't about what you want to do no more. It's about what God wants you to do. He give you the strength to do it. So many people want to put title in front of their name, but you can't put nothing in front of your name until you discipled. And you're going to go through people. If you think you're not going to go through because you save, somebody lied to you. That's when you really go through. When you get born again, when you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, it's on for real. So he said he want us to pray without ceasing. That goes back to Philippians. The same scripture we was in, Philippians, the fourth chapter. Remember at verse four. He started with, be full of joy, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say, rejoice. I will say again, be full of joy, rejoice. Then he said, listen at verse 5. Let everyone see that you are gentle, kind, considerate, and patient. The Lord is coming soon or close at hand. Why would Paul put that in there? Well, we know he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But he's going to tell us right now to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. But then he said, let everyone see that you're gentle, kind, considerate, and patient. When you are rejoicing in the Lord, you do become considerate, kind, and patient. I'm going to say it again. When you are rejoicing in the Lord and you're trusting in him, you're going to become those things. Why? Because it's already a part of you. It's the fruit of the spirit. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be kind. You're going to be patient. Why? And part of that is waiting for the coming of the Lord. You can be patient. You can be kind because you are waiting on the coming of the Lord. You know he's going to return, but you don't know when. So you even rejoicing at the coming of the Lord, even through what you're going through. But then that next verse say, do not worry. Don't be anxious. King James said, be careful for nothing. How in the world, with all this going on, God is saying, be not anxious. Do not fret about anything. Do not be worried. How can God say that? Because if you trust him. You won't be anxious. You won't be worried. You won't fret. Then he goes on to say about anything, y'all. Anything, God. Come on, God. 
with all this stuff going on, you saying don't be anxious, don't fret about anything. Let me tell you why. Because when I know what I already have, why I have to fret? Why do I have to be anxious when everything I need is in the Lord? I'm in him and he's in me. So why I have to fret, y'all? I'm fretting because I'm forgetting what I have in him. My bank account may look jacked up, but I can rejoice. Because I know what I have in him and my life ain't based on that jacked up bank account. It should be something in it, but it's not. But I'm not fretting. I'm not worried because I know my God. And I know that I'm doing what God is requiring me to do according to the word. So God is going to take care of me. Why? He is my father, y'all. And my father is not going to let me down. My father said he already know what I'm in the need of even before I asked him. So I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to thank him. See, I ain't even got to thank. You see, it's coming all together. See, I'm going to rejoice anyhow. Because, Lord, you already know the outcome. Lord, you know the beginning. You know the end. You even know the in-between. So, God, I'm going to rejoice because what's the point of me fretting? What's the point of me worrying? I don't have it, but you have it. And I thank you, God, that you have already given it to me in your due time. So I'm going to rejoice. And again, I say I'm going to rejoice in you and not in my bank account. And I'm not going to do these uh, prayers that say, rain down money from heaven, put it in my bank account. Mess up the computers and put about what I need in there. You're trying to steal. Some of y'all been stealing. Lord, just let them make an error. Don't you know they're going to find it and you're going to be the one paying it back or go to jail? That ain't God. See, when God gives you something, man can't take it. Because God has given it to you. So quit praying these fake it to make it prayers. Just because somebody else told you, let me tell you. I looked at my bank account and it was $10 million in there. Well, you knew it wasn't yours. I prayed last night. Girl, listen. I prayed last night and I told God to get me out of debt. Won't he do it? (laughs) Then you go out spending all that money, buying cars. Somebody say 30 days later. They catch up with you and they want their money. Now what you going to do? You lied on God. Because if God gave it to you, he, the blessings of the Lord makes you. And adds no. So here go to sorrow. That's not God. See, when you stay in communication with God, God is going to let you know to trust him through the Holy Spirit. He's going to let you know everything that he has belong to you. I'm an heir of God, but guess what, people? I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So everything that Jesus had belonged to this girl. Oh, we brothers and sisters. Yes, we are. So everything he has is mine. So everything I need, I already got it. Why? Because I'm accepted because of him and not because of me. I can mess up and mess up and mess up, but it don't change what I already have in him. But I need to repent of my mess up. And the closer I get to him, I quit messing up. The closer you get to him, you won't be doing what you used to do because you know it's not right with God. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. 
So when we go into prayer, God is going to tell us what need to be done. So he said, be anxious for nothing, not to worry about anything, but pray. How many of us is so anxious when things are happening? We don't think about talk. Well, we do talk to God. We talk to him in a way that, well, well, why this happened to me, God? I don't understand it, God. I ain't done nothing wrong, God. Why these people cutting the food, God? That is not really prayer. That's being anxious. That's being frustrated. That's being angry. He said, but pray and ask God for everything you need or make your request known to God. Always giving thanks. So we're going to go into giving thanks. Oh, do y'all see how that coordinated? See, when you're in the word and the word get into you, the Holy Spirit will bring it the way he want to bring it. Not by our notes. When you make notes, you make them because you want to put what you want to put so you won't forget. But I want you to know something. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what he wants you to say. He said, I don't want no auras in there, so forget it. I don't want no give me some praise in there, forget it. Because you're trying to get it from the people instead of delivering what I'm giving to you to the people and for the people. So we have to really hear the Holy Spirit when he's talking. And when you got a line open to him, when nothing else is blocking, what would block him from speaking? Sadness, grief, worration, jealousy, envy, strife, anger. The enemy know if I can get all these things stirred up, even though God is speaking, you ain't listening to him. You listening more to me. So this is why we have to check ourselves. We have to see where we are on a daily basis. We have to go before the Lord. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, who is our helper? Holy Spirit, I need help today. Holy Spirit, be my comforter. Holy Spirit, teach me today. Holy Spirit, show me God's way of doing. You only testify of him. So I need to know, what's up, Holy Spirit? What's up with me? Why I keep lashing out, Holy Spirit? Why I keep getting offended, Holy Spirit? Why am I always jealous over somebody else? Holy Spirit, what's going on with me? Y'all think he won't tell you through the word. Why am I so angry? Be angry, sin not. Oh, I can't be angry? Not the kind of angry you want to be. But when you're angry, don't sin with your anger. Don't go slap nobody. Don't go shoot nobody. See, people get that tore up. He told me I can be angry. Pop out. But sin not. That's murder. So you got to know the difference. He told me I can bring, be angry. So bleep, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep. All of you. Bleep, bleep, bleep. That's sin. Let no corrupt communication. Hello, somebody. See, we, we twist it and the devil wants you to twist it. And then when somebody preach on a little grace. For by grace you save. Through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. We think we got the grace card to keep doing what we're doing when Jesus paid the price for all of that. Nobody should have to keep preaching on fornication and adultery and lying and stealing and murdering and all of this stuff. When you know who you are in him, when they pop up, you pop out. You leave the scene because that's not who you are no more. You are a new creation in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Quit telling people I'm saved. I'm going to say saved from what? Because if you're doing the same thing, what are you saved from? See, being saved and salvation is a total package. That means I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm set free. Come on, I'm prospered. I got the total package. I didn't just get saved. I didn't just get rescued, y'all. I got a total package. I never seen nobody walk in a doctor's office without an insurance card. You got to know what you have. You got to know your copay. Some people don't want to pay the copay, so they pray. I ain't got copay. Heal me, Lord. Now you want him to heal you because you ain't got copay. Come on now. Don't do this because I can't pay it. He paid it all. He paid it all. And we didn't have to do nothing but accept what it. Come on, who does that but God? Come on, who does that? But God. So when I commune with him, y'all, when I go in prayer with the Lord, come on, I forget about what somebody done to me. I just humble myself and say, God, deal with me, little old me. God, show me me because God, every day I want to show you to them. So God, the only way I can continue to, for you to be glorified is I got to decrease so you can increase. Flesh got to die. I got to deny myself more in this area because this area keep popping up. So I ain't denied this yet. So you can't be glorified with me being angry all the time. You can't be glorified with me having strife all the time. You cannot be glorified with me holding offense all the time. People are seeing me. They ain't seeing you. And then I get up here. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all what he done. And Teresa's looking at me like, sit down, Pastor. Just sit down. You, you saying, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And you still ain't apologize. Hallelujah, God is good, won't he do it? Teresa's like, you making me hate you. This is what's happening in the church. Then on a good day, Teresa, I'm so sorry, babe. I, I just have so much going on. Please forgive me. You know, everything is just happening to me. I, I know God is breaking me. Baby, it ain't your fault. Teresa said, okay, pastor, I forgive you. Thank you, baby. Next week. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Teresa. Well, wow. What's wrong with her? Pastor, you all right? Why you asking me if I'm all right? Do I look like I'm all right? Praise Jesus, I'm all right. You need to get out of my business. Sunday come. Give God a hand clap of praise. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. He did it for me, he'll do it for you. And Teresa's back there rolling eyes all in the back of her head. How many times do we have to apologize and yet don't get it right? You know what's happening? Until you dig deep in this word and say, Lord, deal with me. I mean, Lord, really deal with me. I don't want to come out until you dealt with me, Lord. I want them to see you and not me. So, Lord, I need to stay in here a little longer. Y'all, y'all marinated y'all turkeys, didn't you? 
Some of you marinated them for days, right? Poor turkey. <laughs> Didn't know he was going to death. He was already dead, though. But you marinated. That stuff had to get down in there, didn't it? Some people marinate. Some people inject them with stuff. So they'll be real, real good. Inject yourself. Inject yourself with this word. Come on, you may be smeared in on the outside, but I learned this. Until you inject that bird on the inside, you ain't getting the same taste. Because it's just sitting on the top of the surface. But when it get real deep, when you put that inject in that bird and say, ooh, you need a little bit more. All of a sudden, the outside be tasting good too. Because people can say, taste and see how good God is. And y'all, God is a good, good God. He's a good, good God outside of us. He'll always be good. He'll always be merciful because he give me new mercies every morning. Come on, we burn them up. So God, no, I got to give it to you every day. He said, I'm giving you new mercies. Who does that? We, the saints that are in Christ, don't give nobody no mercy. You, you messed up once. You messed up twice. You ain't doing it again. But God gave new mercy. And we should be just like God. We should be forgiven like him. How many times he tell us to forgive? Seventy times seven a day God I got to forgive Lisa that many times God you better go on and take me up because this don't make no sense but when you in him and he's in you you humble yourself and you say who am I you forgave me I should be able to forgive others why because I know you God I know you. So that's prayer. Then when you look at prayer and you go look at the disciples and the things that they went through. Do you remember when Peter and John, they healed the the lame man in Jesus name and people got mad. They put him in prison. They locked them, locked them up and they told him, I don't even want you to speak in that name no more. Remember what they did. They left there after they beat them in Acts 5. They beat them. They left there rejoicing. Who's going to rejoice after somebody beat you? They rejoice. Why? Because they suffered for his name's sake. For his name's sake. They knew it was power in his name. They knew that it was because of the name of Jesus that they got beat. And they said, I'm not going to stop speaking in his name. So I'm going to rejoice. What's the next thing that they did? They got with the people in four when it was going through. They began to pray. They began to seek the Lord. And guess what? The power of God began to move in prayer. See, that's what we supposed to be doing. We supposed to seek God while he can be found. Instead of calling everybody on the the phone, we need to be looking up to him who's at the throne. We need to be seeking him and saying, God, how would you have me to handle this situation? What would you have me to do in this situation? God, I don't know. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm ready to fight. But you, oh Lord... Hey, we can talk to him about it. And all of a sudden, a calmness begin to come over you. That's the peace of God. So this is why he's saying all of this. Y'all, the church is tore up. The church is tore up. If we cannot get along with each other, how do you expect to, to go out there and win people to Christ? If you cannot settle your differences when you're getting taught 
what the word is saying. How? Can, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's taking me back to Egypt. Y'all remember old Joseph when he was in Egypt? And he was, uh, no, it was Moses. And Moses was fighting for his brothers because he knew they were being done wrong. So he killed the Egyptian for the brothers. They got mad at Moses and Moses had to flee. Come on, y'all. He was only trying to help them, right? They got mad at Moses. What's happening now today? People are turning against people in the church. That's what the enemy want. Why? Because if the church is coming against one another, people are steady dying. People are not getting saved. Why? Because we spend too much time worrying about what this one did, what that one did, how that one treat me, how this one treat me. Instead of doing what the word of God tell us, go to your brother, go to your sister that you have art with. See, we're outside of what God is telling us to do, but yet we say we're in prayer with God. I beg you to differ. Ain't no way you can be in prayer with God and have an offense with somebody and haven't settled that offense and then going to go to the altar and lay hands on somebody. Help them, Lord. Rain down on them, Lord, and your house is towed up. You ain't even apologized to your husband nor your wife. But you help them, Lord. There's no way you, you've been in prayer with God. Because when you're in prayer with God, God is going to show you some things. He's going to show you where you are. He's going to show you what to do with where you are. The problem is we want quickies. We want God just to go ahead and do what he got to do and just get it over with. God said, no, I want you to go through it. I want you to go through it and I want you to go through it rejoicing. I want you to go through it praying and I want you to go through it giving thanks because this is my will concerning you. Now I'm going to this verse. This is the one I really want to teach on. He backed me up. You see why he backed me up? He said in everything give thanks. He didn't say for everything. He did not say give him thanks for being sick. He said in everything. That means in every circumstance. That I'm in, God, I'm going to give you thanks because I trust you. Because I know you're going to bring me through it, God. I know it ain't about me, it's about you. So God, I'm going to go through what I'm going through with your help. Because I can't go through it by myself. God, you're the vine, I'm the branch. And everything I need is in you. So I'm going to hold tight to you. I'm going to hold tight to your word. I'm going to rejoice while I'm doing it, God. Because you know the outcome. So in every circumstance, in everything, I'm going to give you thanks. Because this is your will concerning me in Christ Jesus. So everything I do, God, is going to be in him. In him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. Even though it don't look right, I'm going to rejoice. Because I know you know the outcome, God. Even though I don't feel right, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to give you some thanks. So God began to show me about the thanks, y'all. Go with me to Daniel. We're going to wrap it up with Daniel. Pastor say I have five closings. We're going to see. Daniel. Go to Daniel the sixth chapter. Y'all know what was happening in Daniel the sixth chapter, right? This is Daniel. And I want y'all to understand something. I want to encourage you in this. So let me read verse one. In Daniel six. Chapter six. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princesses. Which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princesses might give account unto, 
them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princesses because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Stop right there. This is what's happening in the church. So look what the king was going to do. The king was going to have princesses. He was going to have presidents. And Daniel was going to be one of them, right? But he put Daniel in first place. He put him over the princesses and the presidents. That was a high position. Why did he do Daniel this way? Because Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. That excellent spirit was coming from the Lord and not Daniel. The way Daniel saw things, he was doing it unto the Lord and not unto man. Listen to what I'm saying. Everything that you do in the church and out of the church, you do it unto him and not unto me and not unto nobody else. When you do it unto him, you got an excellent spirit because you ain't worrying about how I feel or nobody feel. You're doing it unto the Lord. You respect titles, but everywhere you go is unto the Lord and not unto man. You ain't looking for man to do nothing for you. You looking unto the Lord who's the author and finisher of your faith so wherever you go you don't look for promotion from man you look for it from God that's how Daniel got promoted he wasn't looking to the king he was seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things his way of being right and all of these things will be added unto you so they got upset with Daniel, because Daniel was preferred over all of them. This was God's doing, and it was marvelous in his eyes. But they got upset. So when people in the church get upset because people are being promoted, let me tell you what happens. So they couldn't find nothing on Daniel. Listen at this. Then the president and the princess sought to find occasion against Daniel happening in the church. People want to find something against me. Keep a looking, keep a looking. (laughs) Sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Why? Because he was in God and God was in him. Then said these men, listen what they did. We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. What is the devil doing? He's using people to whisper in your ears to tell you what Pastor Amanda is teaching don't line up. Let me show you. I'm going to prove it to you. What the teachers are teaching or what this one is teaching ain't lining up. Let me prove it to you. See, the devil got to find something that looked like it's not right to be right on his end. So they said, we're going to find it against this God. So they came together and they went to the king and they said, let me read it. Then these presidents and princes assembled to the king, da, 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 da. And this is what they told him in verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princesses, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue. Now look at this. And to make a firm decree that whosoever, this is tradition, tradition of men make the word of God in none effect. This is why churches are dying because men are putting tradition in church outside of God and trying to set up laws that God didn't set up, Pharisees and Sadducees in the church. There was a lot of breath right there, but it was Holy Ghost. 
and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask the petition of any God, now listen to this, or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Oh, that king felt good. I'm the man. But the king forgot. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of Amendes and the Persians, which alter not. So once he signed it and did it with that ring, it won't be altered. It will not be changed. So the king signed it. Check this out. When stuff is signed, saints, we don't supposed to be moved. Hello, somebody. You don't supposed to be moved because government signs stuff if it's against what you believe. Somebody mad now. Make me know, never mind. I don't read the word. It's here. Listen what it says now. Listen what Daniel did. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, Daniel knew. It's signed. So let's see what Daniel did. He went into his house. <laughs> and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem, Daniel kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel didn't care what was signed. I'm not changing what I do for God. I pray to my God. I seek my God. I give thanks to my God. I'm not changing because you signed something. That means I'm making you my God. You're not my God. He's El El Yon. He's the most high God. So I'm not going to do this when it's outside of what the Bible says. Or what God says. God said, have no other God before me. So Daniel didn't sign it. So when they caught Daniel on his knees. Oh, we got him now. They knew Daniel wasn't going against his God. They set him up. As Deacon Rick would say, he got sought up. They sought him up. But that was all right. So then they came near and spoke before the king concerning the king's decree. So the king had to go on this decree. But when the king found out it was Daniel, he went into fasting. Daniel had to go in the lion's den. But the king's heart was turned. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. God will turn people's hearts towards you when you bow down to him. I don't care what sign. When your heart is for God, he will change what man want to do. So that king, even though he had to go into the lion den, I don't think none of us want to go in no lion den. We probably die before we get there. We already seen the whole scene. We already seen our bones flying everywhere. We done died of a heart attack. So just go ahead and just bury me. I'd rather die this way than be tore apart. And mm. So the king began to what? He stayed up. The Bible said that the king, then the king commanded, da, 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 da. So verse 18, then the king went to his palace and passed the night. He was fasting, y'all. No, 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 no. I want to go to 14. This is something the king said. Then the king, when he heard these words, was so displeased with himself, and listen what he did, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. The king was not going to give up. He knew he signed it, but his heart was so set on Daniel. He was trying to find a way to deliver Daniel. He found out he could not deliver Daniel. So they put him in the lion's den. Then this is what the king said. 16, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him in the dens of lion. 
the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, listen at this. He done spoke life. Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. When two or three come together, God is in the midst of them. So Daniel went in the lion's den and I believe Daniel went to sleep. That king fasted all night for Daniel. He went on a fast for Daniel. The next day he couldn't wait to go where Daniel was. Daniel! Daniel, oh Daniel, listen what it says. Servant of the living God is thy God, whom thou servest continue, able to deliver thee from the lions. Then Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God have sent his angel and have shut the lion's mouth and they have not hurt me for as much as before him enmity was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. Now listen at this, y'all. Y'all better be rejoicing right now. Some of y'all are in the den of lions. People have lied on you. They have talked about you. They have ridiculed you. They have put their mouth not on you, but they have put their mouth on God. And the very ones that ridiculed Daniel, the very ones that lied on Daniel, them and their families, not only you, but your family going down too. This is what happened. The very ones that talked about Daniel, they went into the lion's den and the whole household was killed. See, this is why you don't come against what God is doing. You don't come against the work of God. See, we try so hard to fight our battles. We don't have to. Because God said the battle don't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. Vengeance is mine. I shall repay. That's why you can rejoice when people come up against you. You can give him glory. You can give him thanks because you know that God is good and his mercy endured forever. We spend too much time fighting with each other. We spend too much time trying to explain our way. We don't have to do it. We just give God glory and he's being glorified. So by Daniel doing this, it proved that God was the only God. And this is what the king said after this. Then Darius, verse 25, wrote unto all the people, nations, and language that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he's the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even until the end. He delivered, rescued, and he worked signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who have delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Look at God. But it takes us. For God to be glorified. In order for people to see God, it is through you. God has given us the authority. He's given us the right to rule and reign here on this earth. We got to make a stand. First of all, rejoicing in the midst of our trials and our tribulations. Second of all, going into prayer, praying without ceasing. Third of all, giving thanks in all things because it is the will of God concerning us. So we have to do all of this, y'all, to make it in this evil present world. If you are not doing it, I advise you to do it. God wants us to magnify him above magnifying everything else. Go to Psalms 34. Won't God do it like he said he would? Because some of you right now come in here like old grumpy. 
with Snow White and the Seven Doors, you're just grumpy because everything that's going on, you're just grumpy. Verse 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We have to magnify him. Magnify means making him bigger. We don't make God smaller. We make him bigger than our situation. We begin to glorify him. We begin to magnify him even in the midst of what's going on. God, I give you glory. God, I praise your name. God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. God, I thank you for the breath that's in my body. God, I thank you for my limbs, God, that I can use. God, I thank you I can walk. I thank you I can talk. God, I thank you for the shelter over my head. I thank you for the food in my house. I thank you for the vehicles that I'm driving. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my husband, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my church family. God, I thank you for everything that you've given me. I thank you for my righteousness. I thank you for my sanctification, my justification. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for my deliverance. Why am I thanking him? Because he done it all. So I'm thanking him for what I yet have, but what I yet don't see in the natural. I don't see it naturally, but being I know it's a supernatural thing, I'm going to bring super to the natural, and then y'all begin to see it manifest. Somebody say manifest. We got some issues, church. We want to be like Doubt and Thomas. Until I see the nails prints in his hands. Until I see where he's pierced in his side. I will not believe. But Jesus had to say, Thomas, bless the those that have not yet seen. But still believe. I want to speak something into your lives today. Your marriage may be tore up from the floor. But don't look at what your marriage looked like. Begin to give God glory for a godly marriage. Begin to thank God for a change in the wife. A change in the husband. A change in the children. God just said if you save me you'll save my whole house. So it's still hope in this house God. So I'm going to rejoice. That my husband is already saved. My children are already saved. If you want change on your job, begin to decree and declare what you want to see on your job. God spoke those things that be not as though they were. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Though I don't see it naturally, God, I know what I have supernaturally. Because you have already blessed me with everything that I need. You bless me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God, I am seating, I am sitting with Christ. I'm sitting right with him. I'm, I'm over these principalities, these powers, these dominions. I'm seated with him. I have rule and dominion over these things. You can't come to my house. And if you get there in the name of Jesus, that's above every name. You got to go just as quick as you came in Jesus name. You leaving. So things are going to hit us here on this earth. But God has given us dominion. He's given us authority. He's given us right not for us to sit there. Is anybody going to sit there and cross your legs and open the door to a thief and let him take everything in your house? Let me just demonstrate. This is what's happening. I'm going to use Mitch for example. 
I left my door open. They said people was breaking in in the neighborhood. My door is open. Talking to you, Mitch. I'm using a demonstration. You can sit down. My door is open. Here come the thief and robber. Mitch said, come on in. I've been waiting for you. I got four, five TVs. Go ahead and get everything you want. Go ahead and clean out the house. If you want to clean it out, go ahead and clean it out. Then after he got finished, Mitch said, thank you. Come again. He closed the door behind him. Do y'all know that's what we're doing in the kingdom? We're letting the devil steal, kill, and destroy. And we're doing nothing. Come on in and bring the sickness with you. Come on in and bring lack with you. And then we whine and complain and murmur because we don't have no money. Because our bodies is aching. Because our children are being disobedient instead of rising up with what God has given us. And when you rise up, people get mad because they say you're out of order. When you know who you are in the kingdom, you don't let the devil steal no more. He steal because we allow him to steal. Now, let me go back to Mitch because I don't know why I hear him talking in my ear. Let him come on in. I'm going to blow him up. I got something for him. Got something for him, Mitch? Look, look, tell me, say what? Come on to my house. I got something for you. I can hear my husband over there right now. They won't be leaving. Mm-hmm. Just, just see yourself dead before you come in. See your funeral. I'm talking about spiritually, y'all. We're allowing the devil to do a lot of things, and I'm going to tell you why. People are not being taught. They're being hollered at. They're giving good sermons every Sunday to make them run across the floor and rejoice. And then they get home, they don't want nobody to talk to them. This is what they're getting. They're getting a lot of preaching. No teaching. It's time out now. We got stuff that's steady coming upon the land. And if we don't know who we are and what we have, We'll be just like a lost man. People that have not accepted Jesus is already dead. They are spiritually dead. But we who have accepted Jesus, we have life. And we have eternal life that comes from Jesus Christ. And he has given us everything we need to live here on this earth, an abundant life. You do not have to wait till you get to heaven. Some people say, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. If I, y'all, if I had somebody to blow that song, people being here, oh, oh. When we all see Jesus, I see him now. If I'm looking at you, I suppose to see you. Help me with that song. Sing it, Kathy. It's more to it, isn't it? You already got the victory. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to get victory. Because I got news for you. Once you get up there, that's just a holding place for you. 
for seven years, you're going to be held. That's the rapture. But then after all the tribulation and all that go through, you're coming right back down here to a new heaven and a new earth. See, people ready to get to heaven. You're just going to get held up there so you won't go through this seven years of tribulation. See, this is why we have to know what the word of God is saying. God wants us to live here on earth just like we in heaven. Everything we need from God, we can bring it down here on the, you bring it, it's in you. God said, let me out of the box. If you're born again, you have the spirit of the living God in you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The law of life that's in Christ have made you free from the law of sin and death. That mean I have life in me. That mean I have resurrection power in me. That means that when he say you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what you got to do for the sick recover. Not saying give them another pill before they leave. We do what the word tell us to do. God produced the power for it to get done through you. Well, another one bite the dust. So many people are dying. We don't got used to it. We just shake our head and go on. Jesus didn't shake his head. Rise up. That the sick say they're well. Didn't he say that? Let the weak he didn't say let the weak say, oh, you weak, lay down. Oh, you sick, die. Oh, you on a breathing machine, you already gone, pastor. Another one bite the dust. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Church, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We can't keep hiding behind our masks. I'm being honest. And you can't even hide behind a shot. You can't. Because it's more coming that man can't fix. This is why God said, I got you fixed. I got you hooked up before all of this came. It's going to come now that people ain't going to want to leave the house. Again. Because when you listen to the news, they're going to tell you. Well, that right there ain't working. And you're hearing it now. So if you don't have, I ain't talk, I ain't got a little bit of Jesus. I got a lot of them. All I need is a little bit of Jesus. No, we got all the Jesus we need. But he need to be activated through this word. I'm not saying things to scare nobody. But I'm telling you the honest to God truth. Whomever you listen to the most, that's what you're going to become. But if you in the word, you can rejoice. Even when it's sitting right in front of you, you can rejoice. I had a granddaddy, y'all, strong man of faith. I don't care what people told him. His mean word was, taint so. And we looking at him like, man, it is so. Taint so. Because that's not what the word said. He lived through it because he knew who he was in God. He knew God was his keeper. God was his helper. God was his present help in the time of trouble. So we have to rise up when things come. We rising up in him and not in ourselves because everything his word says, he got to do it. 
Because God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? He's the same God that departed the Red Sea. He's the same God that gave um, Abraham a child after 25 years. He's the same God that took the withered hand and made it whole. He's the same God with the woman that had the issue of blood and she was made whole. He's the same God that healed the two blind men. He's the same God that cast demons out of people he's the same God he don't change just because you read it in here don't mean that we can't be doing it out here we're supposed to be doing what the word of God said stretch forth your hand we're supposed to see the hand whole before they scratch it forth everything he did we supposed to be doing we don't supposed to look at it like wow look what happened that's a hardened heart We're supposed to be doing what he's already done. Because everything is going to fail except this word. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away. But my word is going to stand forever. We're born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible seed which is the word of God. We could not have a corruptible seed to be born again y'all. God had to come down off of his throne. I'm going to the, which opening is that? Thank you Jesus. Be like um, Paul, be done talk so much, somebody be failing, act like they're dead. I bring them back to life and carry on. But God is so good, y'all. When you know what the word says, you do what the word says. And y'all, the word will work. Because I'm a living witness. The word works. And the more the word is working in you, you're going to have haters. That's why you got to always tell the truth, no matter how people feel about you. Give them the truth. Because guess what? The very people that's feeling ill will towards you, they'll be the very ones to come to you. They'll be the very ones that need you. Amen? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. At this time, could we um, have the visitors to stand? If you would like to stand at this time, please do so.